New Year's Eve closing in on us. Coley Campbell set to join us in a few minutes. Let's not forget, as we speak, two games on tap. Oilers and Devils just closing off late in the third period. And the Ducks and Golden Knights just getting started. So maybe a couple issues there that's going to delay Coley a little bit. So we'll just uh, fill time till we get our answers, JB, on what the heck is going on. The Devils push the Oilers to overtime, 5-5, the late one. Like under 30 seconds. Sheesh. The Oilers, I tell you what, man, they're having a bit of a tough go right now. What are they in their wow. last three, seven, one in their last 10, something like that? Not a good So you got the game? You're, you're watching the game as we speak? I, uh, I had it on. I don't have it on this very second, so I cannot update you as we go, unfortunately. Just under 30 seconds, I guess. Uh, what, 32 seconds to go? Yeah, that's uh Devils you know, just tied it up. Young guns getting it done there for uh for the Devils. Uh Hughes looked good Hish here with one, so Oilers need to turn this ship around a little bit, been dropping slowly after their hot start. Is there any bigger example of what goaltending means to the NHL right now when you see the Tampa Bay Lightning? Oh my god, you watched that game last night? I did. I, I did, and then I just said, okay, that's enough, Uncle. <laughs> Let me know when they put an NHL goalie in that. 9-3, no. to three, was it? 9-3 to three for the Panthers. And uh, obviously, when it comes to Vasilevsky, we regard him and now as the best goaltender in the world, unavailable for Tampa Bay. And uh, uh, Legacy didn't finish the game, right? They went to a backup. No. Who's the backup? I don't even know his name. His name is Hugo Elmfelt. And he <laughs> The third? The third? <laughs> yes. He wears a monocle. And he is uh, a descendant of Swiss chocolatiers. No, he is a Swedish guy who started this year playing in the East Coast Hockey League. Uh, he's played in three leagues this year and uh, has not achieved a 900 save percentage in any of them. He's 20 years old. I'm sure he's got a bright future, but has not been a bright and shining 21-22 for him so far. They're you out of think this. Just swinging this back to our, our game tomorrow night, uh, Toronto and Ottawa. By the way... Um, we will be, Justin Bourne and I will be live streaming this on a YouTube slash Sportsnet website. Oh Are you ready God. for that? I mean, I'm excited about it. I, you and I, have, we watched one game live together, uh, but I'm excited to sit there and pick through a, a Toronto Maple Leafs game and criticize people. I'll try not to step on anyone's toes this time. We'll, uh, we'll really pay attention to the game. Can, and, and this is something Are you allowed to I swear think... in that? That's a great I'm, question. I did want to know. I'm bringing a case of little Buddha <laughs> to, 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 to watch this. So I'm I'm beyond swearing. I'm just I'm drinking. <laughs> well, I hope so. Is, I is just there can't imagine. Well, I listen. I can't imagine <laughs> Steve Dangle's version. There is very blue. I'm sure there's not a whole lot of more than cursing on you know, aw shucks and gosh darns and his. So, well, there won't be as many pom poms. Put it that way. <laughs> we're coming. We're, we're coming aggressive, are we? 
Well, no, we're just watching the game objectively, and we'll call it the way we see it. But this is more. Yeah. This will probably be a little bit more technical than yeah. probably what Dangle likes to do during his yeah. his live streaming. Well, so, you know, well, we, listen, we I hope mean, this you're is along you've done for your the whole ride, life, Kipper. Professionally, you're 20 years in media and an NHL career, you're seeing the game different than most people. You know, I I like to think I've got a pretty good eye for this stuff too. I can't wait to kick stuff around with you. Listen, what I, I've said all along is people at home, don't try this, right? Leave it to the professionals, right? <laughs> I love all right, it. I love talk it. amongst yourselves. I got to take this call. Okay. <laughs> all right. We got Coley coming in. So it's going to be – are you going to make a cameo tomorrow night, McKee, or are we not going to mess with your uh, Saturday night? Well, it's uh, Allie's birthday tomorrow, so uh, she turns – you know, oh, I'm not going to say her age okay. on the radio, but she she's a New Year's Day baby. So she turns uh, a certain age tomorrow. So All I'll probably right. be face deep in Chinese food at the time the uh, the game starts. But <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I feel like it's a lot harder than just me popping on there. I feel like it's a real, or maybe it's not that. I don't know. We'll see. I maybe you guys know. can text me and see what I'm up to. But yeah, I, you know, I don't. I don't know if they want old my mug in there instead of your well, guys. You know, but, you know yeah. what killed me right now is so Kipper and I are going to do this live, uh, this live stream, and I'm watching John Madden videos recently. God rest oh, his soul, the, the great John Madden, and the guy's got a telestrator and everything. He's telestrating guys' sideburns. He's telestrating the Gatorade jugs. And here, all I want is a damn pen to draw on hockey somewhere and I still I can't get it in 2020 Madden had better equipment than I did I don't know yeah well, it was just Coley he's going to be calling in or Sam you call him one of the two but uh, I, th- I think we're close to, to getting him and as far as you are correct JB I love that stuff like I'll watch it's, a goal yeah and I'm I'm looking at a guy's feet and what direction right. there are before he got the puck and where they're after the puck um so that, that's the stuff that I, I, I look forward to, you know, but I, I don't know if we're yeah. going to be able to do that as early as tomorrow, but uh, that, uh, that, that to me is the stuff that I like. Well, using my video coaching experience, you know, I feel like I developed a pretty uh, decent eye for seeing things quickly in the way of like you're talking about foot position, shoulder position, uh, guys compensating and all that stuff. So it's, it, it'll, we'll take our crack at it and see how it goes. Yeah. Maybe now I know I, I want to be respectful. Wave. If if I'm mm-hmm. telling you that I'm drinking little Buddhas, um, you know it's not that I'm not sharing with you. I know that uh, you don't drink alcohol, and I totally, you know, have the utmost respect for that. You're battled, and you know you're doing a great job, and you know, Time's but unchanged. I may have a sip or two of. Uh, <laughs> Listen, it wouldn't be, <laughs> it, you know, it would be a. Uh, my life would not be the same were I not around people who also like to imbibe Kipper. They're my, my, my closest and best people. It's, uh, Kipper's going to be, when, the, when, the, when the, the camera goes on him, he's going to take the little Buddha and be like, oh, like right in front of the camera and be like, it's available <laughs> at your local LCV. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be doing commercials. Yeah. Well, I, it's going to be great, too. We got two, two hours, two and a half hours. I also want to talk a lot uh, tomorrow about uh, your up-and-coming book, too. Yes, sir. And uh, I, I was fortunate enough to have one out uh, this past year uh, called Undrafted, still available. But we want to I, I want to get your story a little bit more on tomorrow. So we hope uh, those in the area, I, I think, it, unfortunately, I think it's only available in Canada because of a rights issue uh, with the U.S. Uh, but if you are fortunate enough, please uh, come along for a, a different way to watch a Saturday night hockey game. 
Absolutely. And I believe we have your guest. Coley, I can only imagine what your life has been. I'd I, I, I start by saying the last 24 hours, but I'd probably be better off saying a year and a half. No, the last 24 minutes. Um, <laughs> we had a crazy, crazy call in the Jersey Everton game. We're trying to sort through it. Um, it has to do with the, uh, first of all, the coach's challenge, which goes to the category of missed play stoppage. So it was a real weird one. So we had to kind of sort through that in the middle of the game. That's why I'm late. Apologize for being late. But my, no. my day job got in the way. No, no problem at all. Um, just, you know, before we start going in the direction that obviously everybody wants to hear about, um, and that's with the, the schedule and what's going on there. But, you know, when it comes to coaching challenges, and it's been around, Coley, for a little while, but there's some, there's some calls where I still shake my head at the coaches going, you can't really expect to win this, do you? And yet... I don't know, is it because they're blocked off, because they trust other people, inexperienced people? Do you get a sense of... of well, we went through the request for a coach's challenge um, six, eight years ago, nine, ten years. I don't have time flies, but uh, I can recall four or five specific situations where everyone in the world knew that it was the wrong call and the goal shouldn't have been allowed or should have been allowed if the referees or and linesmen had the ability to watch replay and the way that I the way that the technical aspect of the world is changing, everyone in the world sees saw this play, sees the play, but the four guys on the ice. People in the stands, on the big screen, people at home, the players on the bench. And so uh, video was progressing to the point where everyone was seeing it quickly and seeing it clearly and seeing it on big screens or hand, handheld phones or iPads on the bench, except the four guys in the ice. And how can these idiots not tell? Well, they didn't mm-hmm. see it. And, and, and so uh, it got to the point where we had the request by the GMs, via the coaches, uh, at, at a lot of meetings. And I can think back, people have left this earth uh, um, Pat Quinn, uh, Brian Murray, who were pleading for it, who were living this on the ice and got a call they wanted to turn back. And uh, uh, and so um, when we broke out with it, we had some narrow definitions of different areas where obviously we had to live it to experience things that are always happening every once a week almost, it seems. We see something we've never seen before with the aid of incredible video replay now. So long story short, we, we, we started doing it and we had some issues, uh, but we were actually making mistakes. We were cutting it too fine. We were, we were calling back goals to this. I can remember right now. And within a week, we called back the goal by, by Matthews and by McDavid that were basically breakaways and they were hockey plays. And we saw the goalie interference. How can you interfere with a goalie on a breakaway? Well, it's not like they slid, you know, went on their hands and knees and slid and took the puck right into the net with a goalie. It was just the way they played it and and, and their talent and the way they, they deked and shot and scored, et cetera. So we had a couple of uh, meetings along the way, and one of the meetings that really addressed it was, you know, 
the, the, the video review was supposed to be for the referees to get another look, a better look at that play. And so there's lots of times on that play where whatever the call on the ice is, we let it stand. And unless it's dead freaking wrong, and, and the freaking word is a little bit different, but I'm not going to say it there. But <laughs> it, 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 if, if, if the play's not dead wrong, then we let it stand on the ice. So the official gets a look at it. And so it's, it's either here nor there. You leave the call. And, 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 and if we're not going to do that, then we might as well take the whistle away totally and call everything trips, hooks, holds by video review. And of course, the game would take eight hours. That's not right. And that's what every sport is struggling is right now. How far do you go with the review? And you're right, Kebby. Like, like why? Uh, some of these coaches, they get the ability. Now, we got to be careful. They call them over to the bench, and they said, sure, you know, they start, they start playing games. They want to see more replays. And they're people, well, just a minute. You know, our, our video, we've had guys say, our video's not working. We're just trying to get it to work here. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and they're all trying to weigh in. And it's tough. Like, we, 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 that's our job up in the room there. But these guys got to make a quick call within 35, 40 seconds. And they don't have all the video evidence in a hurry. And sometimes, you know, you, we've got lots of cameras, but sometimes you don't see key, key views that the networks have that send you a little bit later. So there's, there's, and I can, and the one thing too, you have to understand, and, and, and I live it all the time. And, and, and you know what? Everybody is so, so into these games, so invested uh, um, competitively that they want to believe what they believe. And you saw this year, like, actually, uh, I didn't say it to our board of governors last December. This We're still in December, but earlier in the month when we had a board meeting. The last time we had an in-person board meeting 18 months ago, we've gone through 10 GM changes and 18 coaches changes. So, the, the pressure for these guys is incredible. You know, their jobs are at stake. You know, Coley, when it comes to quick calls in, in 30 or 40 seconds, it seems like that's you guys with this schedule here. I think the official announcement just came down uh, a little earlier this hour that eight games uh, have been postponed. Uh, we were wondering about the Toronto-Ottawa game. Uh, on Saturday and, and Edmonton, particularly uh, here in Toronto, uh, they seem to be safe, but these aren't easy decisions. But ultimately, this is really about uh, the league and the players trying to maintain as much hockey-related revenue as possible, correct? Uh, that's one of, certainly one of the key factors. You have, uh, you have the NHL's protocol, but more so you have uh, two countries' protocols. You have... Uh, uh, provincial and state protocols. You have uh, county and city protocols, and uh, that weighs in. Things are changing. You know, take a look what they're doing in Quebec. Um, and, and at the end of the day, uh, you're you're right. That this is this isn't a, a Sunday morning game on the pond. This is a game where there's a lot of revenue at stake for everybody. And 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 we also you'd like to you, you'd like to give the fans the opportunity to. To, to, to go to as many games as they can. We've already been, they've already been short, short changed, uh in the last year and a half and, uh, uh, you know, short changed completely, like, like short changed watching hockey here in Canada. I mean, it's a, it's a rite of passage, hockey passage to watch the World Junior this time of the year for all young kids. I remember growing up watching that. Now it's canceled. So 
we're trying to save as much as we can and delay it. And in a way, you know, obviously people are, are disappointed. They won't be able to get to see the best on best in the Olympics. But the positives for us is we get three more weeks back to fill with the games we've missed so far. So that's going to help us greatly. Why not just take uh, the next three weeks of every game in Canada and just push them south of the border and try to reschedule them in February? Is that talk going on? I can't give you all the details. I'm not involved in all the details. We've got the doctors, the medical people involved in that, and our lawyers, uh, Bill Daly leads that group. And they're considering all the, the, the factors. There's so many factors to consider. Uh, you look like, like Sportsnet. They need something on Saturday night. You know, they need they need a, a telecast. You know, they got the, it, you can't. I know it's, the fans are getting shortchanged, but there's got to be something for people to watch a Canadian game. You know, so uh, they only show so many American games, and they like to show one. So there's lots of factors that go into uh, to rescheduling it. It's uh, I know we've rescheduled three, four games in the past every year, and they're so hard to put in that this is this is incredibly. I don't know how Hats of Patriots, Steve Hats of Patriots from Montreal, our schedule maker, does it. How like what parties need to be talked to when you agree to postpone a game? Who would be involved in that? Obviously, the networks, as you mentioned, like the PA. Who else needs to know to make that sort of thing viable for later in the season? Uh, the PA, uh, obviously, uh, uh, the Players Association and their medical people, along with our medical people and uh, uh, Bill Daly, are involved in that. Uh, uh, obviously. Uh, Don Fear, Gary Batman uh, are involved. Uh, it's 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 um, it, it, it's such a it's the right question to ask, and I can't tell you everybody. I'm probably leaving some out, but TV, both uh, here and and the border south, you know, they've got they've got uh, double headers to, to they're putting together. Uh, uh, so there's so many criteria that Steve Hatson Petros has to has to blend into the mm-hmm. decision making process, you know. And then again, we're not done yet either. Like we don't know where this is going. We hope that it. We hope that it, and you know teams are saying, look, now you change the, the rules in the middle of the game, you know. Like now it's five, not ten. And then what about Canada? You know, like we 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 lose players for ten days still, and you guys only lose players for five days. We wanna we wanna delay it until we get our players back. So. It's 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 so convoluted. It's tough to you know, it's tough to try and be fair, but to get the games in. You know, it's uh, teams have been pretty good though. They've just been dealing with it like it's just another injury. You know, uh, my players got a sore back, can't play. My players uh, got a bad knee, can't play. You know, they they're, they're pretty good so far, but you know we're getting to the nitty gritty where you know it, it's playoffs and not playoffs almost for some people. Uh, oh, just a short while ago, there was the real feeling that uh, e- even if uh, the, the NHL players didn't go to the Olympics, uh, the buildings are all tied up uh, during the break, that uh, there's no flexibility. Has that changed? Have you guys been able to find out that there's more flexibility with the uh, availability of buildings than you first thought? Uh, there is. They're, 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 they work out some in some buildings, you know, uh, uh, the concert people, they're having their own issues with, with, uh, with crowds. I mean, they don't want to uh, have half-full billings or, or quarter-full billings, too. So there's their, their issues, too. And some back off, some don't back off. Again, that's, that's the hat to Petros. He's, he deals with the NBA, 
and, and talk to them, ask them what they're doing. He deals with uh, uh, the buildings. Obviously, the, the people run the buildings. You know, the NBA. He's on a. He's on. A, he's on with the NBA all the time as well. Has the Patriots. You know, so uh, I, again, I don't know how you put that lady rent of uh, things together. So. So is there a chance we could possibly see, like, uh, you know, late morning, afternoon games? Uh, did you mention doubleheaders? No, we had the, in the doubleheader, like, we'll have a doubleheader in the sense of TV doubleheader where a game's getting over in the East and, say, ESPN or TNT has got it set up. So they've got the 7 o'clock game in the East being done at 10, and we got the 10.30 game starting or a 10 o'clock game starting. I should say a 10 o'clock game for a 7 o'clock game or a 10.30 game for a 7.30 game. So, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to blend those 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 uh, doubleheaders for TNT and ESPN into the scenario as well. For sure. Um, Coley, a big thing right now coming up, the Winter Classic, every year has its own complications. How is the forecast, the uh, temperature ahead, uh, making you guys prepare differently for this Winter Classic? Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm heading out later tonight or early in the morning to catch a flight out of Detroit. I'm not so sure about the Toronto airport, so I'm trying to avoid it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it uh, uh, it's a lot better than the forecast we had last year in uh, uh, where were we last year in the ski resort there in, in Nevada. Aspen. Uh, no, not Aspen. You want to, you want to go to Aspen, Kippy? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go skiing. There. Yeah, where were you, Vale? Where were you guys? No, no California, uh, Nevada. Um, Nevada, that's right. Uh, the heck is it? anyways. Uh, that happens. You get old. You forget names. Tahoe, Tahoe, Tahoe. The sun, Tahoe. the sun was terrible. Like it was melting our ice, and uh, it wasn't going behind any stadium wall because we weren't in the stadium. And that's one Chris King and I never made because of the COVID rules and, and, and crossing the border at the time. And uh, we've dealt with everything from rain to, to, to sun to, to cold. We can deal with the cold. It's, 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 it's uh, the one thing I've found in all these games is I've only had one player once complain in all these games about the conditions. And I won't tell you who it was, but, uh, 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 it was a goalie, and he complained about the, the sunlight. Anyways, uh, our players are pretty good no matter the conditions. They figure the other guy can do it, I can do it. So they've been good, and uh, uh, it's going to be cold. Uh, uh, right now we're looking at between minus 20 and minus 30 tomorrow, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock in Minnesota. Okay, so, that, that that's going to be tough on the ice. We were both in Edmonton in that Heritage Classic and if, right. if that if that ice back then was Saturday's ice, I'm not sure if the game gets played. Uh, maybe not. We'll we'll deal with it. But we 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 have the PA there with us. They're right along there. And and you know, I remember in Edmonton meeting with um, uh, Ian Pulver, myself, Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, Bob Gainey, Kevin Lowe. And the two coaches, which I can't remember who the two coaches were from Montreal and Evans at the time, was it was it, it could have been Claude Julian, the first stint around. I think it was Claude Julian from Montreal. Or Edmonton, I'm not sure. But anyways, uh, we met with them before and their captains. And we, we agreed to go on, and it, and it was cold. But uh, uh, they got heaters on the bench. The, one, the, the guys that don't have 
don't don't have the heaters are the goalies and the and the officials on the ice. You know they're going at it all the time. But the players are pretty good. They're they're warmed up on the ice. And the question you brought up, Kippy, is will the ice be be will it be too cold? You know uh, for the ice. But I don't think so. We'll see. Okay, listen. All of these were softball questions to lead okay. you to this question. JB, should should, yeah. should I ask uh, it or should you? Well, I just want to know how much you hate my father. No, uh, you know. no, no, no. no. <laughs> that, that's not the question. What's the, the question? question? Is did Bob Bourne your kick? Father, your father was tougher than you can talk about how and Gillies and Nystrom. He had a sneaky luck. Did he? <laughs> did did Bob Bourne kick your ass? Uh, Listen, he didn't kick my ass. But he broke my 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 my. Uh, uh, Orville bone with a with a with a good left punch. <laughs> well, listen, I'm online and I've seen two things. My dad totally sucker punched you now in what was almost certainly a suspension, and that my dad has got to be seven inches taller than you. You were, I mean, this doesn't seem like a fair situation. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, uh, he was uh, he he was a quiet player, uh, and. Uh, uh, just don't wake him up. And unfortunately, I woke him up. I just stuck behind the net the one game to him. So he was uh, he he was one of those guys you don't want to wake up. But uh, uh, he had a great career. He was a fast player. He was on a good team, and he was like one of those. You know, you talk about Trache and Bossy and 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 and, and uh, Poppin, but uh, he was a key element to that team. Uh, I liked your dad as a player, and he ended up in L.A. right with Mike Murphy. He did, I think. yeah. Well, listen, I appreciate you coming on and talking to me, even though my dad's a bit of a jerk. I promise I'm a, I'm a nicer version. <laughs> Coley, we, we, we appreciate you waking us up in, in this segment. Uh, safe travels uh, to the outdoor game. Stay warm. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, Coley. Coley Campbell, Executive Vice President, Director of Hockey Operations for the National Hockey League. That was fun. I just looked up, you know, while we were talking about that, the the fights. I didn't know that Cam, Campbell's five nine. My dad's all of six four. Yeah, like but, you don't see that happen yeah. very much. But but Coley's as wide as he is tall. Like he yeah. is a strong, strong man. We used to play these three on three games, and Coley and Dick Todd would jump into these three on three games and just wear nothing like. I don't even think Coley put on any equipment and Dick put on shin pads, I think, because we'd whack them every once in a while. But it it would still be as if Coley had the balance and the strength of a a, a current NHLer back in 94. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating watching some of those old clips. And when one of them, he fights a Sutter and on the way to the penalty box fights my dad. Like he clearly at that size was not afraid to, to be physical and play that type of game. So impressive stuff. All right. Still. More after the break, we got Nick Moraldo, uh, of course, uh, the Pat McAfee show, a brilliant show. Uh, w- what a story Pat McAfee is, a former punter that turned into a digital star and probably making more money than the majority of players in the National Football League now. So that's an incredible story. We'll get Nick after the break, and we'll get some text messages to come in to close out uh, 2021, maybe some New Year's resolutions. So much more for from Real Kipper and Born after the break. We're back. JB, did you hear Derek coming in uh, off the break? I did. Did he say 
that you needed to do traffic. Did I hear yes. him correctly? <laughs> no, I don't think you did, but I can if you like. Yeah, there's a cat in my bedroom. That's the only traffic I've seen since Christmas. <laughs> that was good enough. I hope that uh, yeah. satisfied did I help all Derek? the sponsors. Yeah, I think it did. Good. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get out of Coley before the break? Yep. A uh, lot of lot of takeaways there. Uh, mostly that it is complicated to postpone a hockey game. I mean, it's not so much as a few people in the NHL offices go, "Hey, well, let's just play this game at the end of the year." I mean, they're coordinating, as he mentioned, those double headers with ESPN and TNT that are promised to them. Building availability, the NHLPA has to be satisfied. Sponsors and networks have to be like it is a project to move a single hockey game and they're undergoing several projects per day right now it's a pretty consistent thing in this world is that you can't please everybody it's that can't simple please anybody kipper <laughs> oh i know one one or two yeah. people <laughs> yeah but they gotta they've gotta try to preserve every last dime of this hrr yeah and that's the one when they when, when we came out of this to start this season. You know, but then you did, so. <laughs> and it's $1 billion. Yeah. You know who could pay that off with a couple Not of paychecks? Me. Pat McAfee. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. Our next guest is also doing really okay as well. Nick Moraldo from the Pat McAfee Show and the Hockey Talk, a Welcome north of the border, but I'm not sure you want to spend too much time here. Hey, fellas, thanks for having me. Yeah, things are things are tightening up up there, huh? Is everybody doing okay? Oh, and we're you're in India, Indianapolis, right? That's where the show is, right? Yep, we're in Indianapolis, originally from Pittsburgh, and uh, we thought we thought we were getting close to getting back to a normal life, but now it's back to the new normal, so to speak. Uh, because that uh, that bastard Omicron has come through and and put the clamps on everybody now. So what what exactly are you guys dealing with south south of the border? Because as far as we're concerned, you guys are having the biggest party down there uh, ever. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the restrictions don't seem to be as severe as they are for you guys up there. Uh, but so you know, it's everyone. It's Still, uh, it's everyone just—it's kind of common sense stuff, you know. If you're out and about, you're wearing your mask. Everybody's getting the shot. They're getting their booster, and they're taking care of it. I actually just—I uh, had my first go around with it about three weeks ago, and I had some mild symptoms, and uh, I just stayed in the house for a couple of days. And after five, six days, I was able to uh, test negative, and I was good to go again. That's awesome. So give us a little background on uh, the show you guys are putting on because it is a, a massive success, and I know we got fans uh, from our show of your show. So tell us about how your your season and that show has gone so far. Uh, well, you know, the Pat McAfee show obviously has been uh, everywhere lately and uh, getting a lot of national attention, of course. Uh, it's a YouTube show we do daily from noon till uh Noon till at least three. Sometimes we go longer, do a little after hours and joking around. And and uh, Aaron Rodgers has come on. He's said some things, and uh, people have seemed yes. to really take interest in what he has <laughs> to say. Uh, so it's been a wild ride, and it's uh, it's it's awesome, man. It's just really refreshing and entertaining to be able to do something uh, 
produce by ourselves and work with your best friends and and kind of have no real overhead or restrictions on what we can do and and how we want to do it. And it, it's been a blast, to be honest with you. So give us a little bit of background because we're we're talking about something that. Uh really went from nothing to something incredible in what three or four years nick and just your association with pat uh, we know him as an ex uh, colt um but now with the success like wh- where's your connection uh with pat and, and how did this whole thing kind of swell so quickly so i've known pat since high school and we've been uh best friends for a long time now uh, and it was a, it was a situation where he was looking at walking away from the NFL. As you know, he retired early after eight years in the league. But for a punter, a lot of those guys can play 15. I think Jeff Fiegel's played almost 20 years in the league at, at the punter position. So it was a situation where we had always talked about uh, doing something after football with him because we knew what just a sensational human he was and how captivating, entertaining, and charismatic he could be. Uh, so he decided, hey, I'm going to walk away from football. And at the time, the only uh, platform or person that would give him a chance was uh, Barstool Sports. He he tried to go to ESPN. He tried to go to NBC. He tried to go to Fox. Every one of them said, no, no thanks. Uh, there's, a, there's a broadcast boot camp that the NFL puts on for, for former players who want to get into broadcasting. They rejected him three times. So the only uh, option at the time was Barstool Sports. We went with them. And uh, I told him, I was like, hey, uh, we've talked about doing something for years. It looks like you're about ready to take the leap. Uh, I'll happily quit my job and come help and do whatever you need to help out. And he said, hey, be happy to have you. So walked away from a, a steady, safe career in the IT field and uh, took a chance to go do something awesome with my friend. And uh, from there, you know, we bounced around to a couple different platforms. And then we kind of found a home uh, on YouTube and uh, licensed that to Sirius Radio. So we're on Sirius Radio on Mad Dog Sports Radio at uh, 12 to 3 every day. And uh, ever since then, man, it's just been it's been a blessing and a uh, dream come true, to be honest with you. So so how does the, the tie to hockey come in? Because I watched, you know, Mike Rupp tweeted, retweeted something the other day. He's talking with Pat. Pat's talking about Tom Wilson. Like, is, it, is there much of a hockey culture there? Is all, you guys always just been fans? So uh, I'm the hockey guy, and that's kind of permeated from from Pittsburgh. I grew up yeah. uh, obviously watching Mario Lemieux in the early in the early '90s and and winning those cups. And at the time, uh, in the late '80s, early '90s, the Steelers were having a little bit of a couple down years. Uh, not quite what they have been recently. You know, football is king here in the states, especially in Pittsburgh. But the Penguins had really made a name for themselves. So that that got me into the game. That made me fall in love with the game. And I kind of just carried that my whole life. I got to say, fellas, big fans of you guys. Skipper, I've watched you on TV for years. Uh, Born, I followed you on Twitter and I followed a lot of your work blogging. And, and you were one of the early guys doing it as a former player who turned into uh, kind of an Internet sensation in terms of putting hockey on, uh, on the map on the Internet. And from there, it was uh, just kind of taking this interest that I've had my whole life and branched off because our show, the Pat McAfee show is heavy, heavy football focused. And it used to be a running gag on the show when I'd try and work some hockey and they'd let me talk for about 30 seconds and then cut me off and go, Oh, that's hockey talk right there. Uh, that's our hockey talk for the day. <laughs> so Pat, uh, with the visionary that he is, he said, Hey, why don't you do your own show? Why don't you just do your own podcast? He said, you could talk as much hockey as you want. We'll get you some guests. We'll, we'll get you some resources here. And that's kind of what we did. And we've been doing it for a couple of years now, and it's been fun. 
uh, doing it with another guy in the office, the Canadian. Uh, we call him Gumpy. He's from uh, Victoriaville, BC, so we got some Canada credit there on the show. Yeah. And then uh, lately, this is the fourth season we've done it now, and uh, after the success of the Danbury Trashers doc on Netflix, uh, we had Mike Rupp on the show. Mike Rupp, of course, the former Penguin, New York Ranger, Stanley Cup champion with the Devils. I was a huge fan of his with the Penguins. He comes on the show. We get to talking. He's looking to do something kind of outside of the NHL network and outside of the branded, typical, candid conversation. And we said, hey, let's uh, let's get together, and uh, why don't you do the show with us this season so you can kind of, you know, sit back, have a glass of whiskey, and kind of let some unfiltered thoughts fly. And that's what we've done, and we've had a blast doing it. And Rupper is one of the best guys in the world, nice as hell. He's uh, he's an Ohio guy, and we say that as a compliment, meaning, like, he's one of us. He, he's just a dude. He can sit down and have a conversation with you, and he doesn't treat you just like a fanboy. He treats he treats everybody with respect, and he, he makes the game accessible to everyone and breaks it down in a way everyone can understand and enjoy. So let me get this straight. You were in the stands when, when Jay Caulfield was chasing my ass all over the Pittsburgh ice, and, and Mario's looking at me going, hey, Kiprios, why don't you go back to the minors? And you were like seven. You better believe it. And we were we were all too happy to to cheer on Super Mario, the big guy, sixty six. Man, that guy, that guy's done more for uh, hockey in the states and the city of Pittsburgh, especially than than anyone uh, outside of Wayne going to L.A. and, and what he did. And it's just it, it's awesome. I it was it was kind of bittersweet to see him sell to uh, the Fenway Sports Group because it is a Boston company, but. I was happy for Mario for getting his big payday for all the all the sacrifices he made for the team. It was nice to see him get a big win on the other side. So did you uh, did you have Elliot Freeman on uh, the other day talking about uh, his his story with Mario Lemieux and at, at the LA uh, uh, Staples Center during All Star Weekend? We did. We uh, we had Elliot on, and he and you know Elliot, he knows everything that's going on in the hockey world. We had to get him on to talk. About yeah, just ask him and the cancellations. <laughs> And everything, and he mentioned. Uh, I asked him if he had any good Mario stories, and he told me about the All Star Game. He said you happened to be there as well, uh, yes. where he basically uh, Mario forgot his credentials. They wouldn't let him uh, into a certain yes. part of the building, and they turn and uh, <laughs> Elliot turned to the to the usher and said, "I I mean, if I can vouch for this guy here, this is the second greatest hockey player of all time." And Mario looked at him and said, second? Who's number one?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's first? He goes to him, and he looks at Elliot like he's got three heads, and Elliot's like deer in headlights. It was awesome. I never laughed so hard in my life. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it, it's great that uh, again the the growth of the game in terms of uh, you know even in a place like uh, Indianapolis, and if we, of course it's got a, a a history there. I mean, Pacers, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. I mean. It's it's strong. Yeah, no, yeah, of course, Indy doesn't have a, a team in the NHL now, but there's a lot of fans here, uh, a lot of te- a lot of fans of the Blackhawks, a lot of fans of the Blues, because Indy's kind of in the middle of a. Uh, it's in the heartland of the old USA here. It's in the middle to 
to everywhere, and it's kind of a, a melting pot of different fan bases. So it's awesome to go out on any given night on a weekend, and you go to a bar or something, you saddle up, and you'll see some, you'll see a pocket of Blues fans in the corner, you'll see a pocket of Blackhawks fans, and then you'll get the occasional, you know, transplants from Pittsburgh and Boston, and and every once in a while you get a couple Canadians and some Leafs fans, and it's a good time to to kind of jazz each other while you're out. So, Nick, what are your thoughts on your Pittsburgh Penguins? I'm scrolling through the standings. they got seven straight wins right now. Kind of pulled it together after a rocky start. They really did. Hey, things were looking bleak there in the beginning. But, listen, it's, uh, I think people are getting tired of, of how good the Penguins have been over the years. But there's no slowing down here in my mind. Look, you got Sidney yeah. Crosby. you got Geno Malkin coming back, uh, hopefully healthy. Yeah, Chris Letang, you got this group together for one more run here. Who knows what's going to happen in the offseason with the contracts and all that. But they were rolling, and they weren't really affected too much by COVID. And then, obviously, it, it kind of ripped through the rest of the league. And now it's, uh, it, it couldn't have come at the worst time for the Pens because the, the shutdown, of course, they were, like you said, seven games in a row. Tristan Jari seems to have found his game after the letdown in the playoffs against the Islanders. Everything was clicking. Jeff Carter looks like he's he's 26 again, not 36. And, of course, the shutdown comes, and now the whole damn team is sick. But hopefully they can figure it out, bounce back from this, get Malcolm back, and kind of pick up where they left off. The good thing now is at least you know they'll have some games in hand, hopefully, on some of the other guys that are still rolling. We're speaking to Nick Meraldo from the Pat McAfee Show, and that's Hockey Talk. Uh, Nick, what did you make out of uh, Gino's comment uh, when somebody asked him about his uh, potential contract situation, and he said, uh, uh, "I'm rich." <laughs> uh, it was music to my ears. It's like, hey, come on, this guy. I know he's older now. I know he's been banged up. He had the knee surgery, but this is still one of the greatest players ever. And and he's not what he once was, right? We know he's not going to come out and he's not going to be a hundred point player anymore. He still has this flashes of dominance. And if you can surround him and Sid with the right guys, and I feel like they have that still. I feel like the Brian Russ and the Jake Gensels and the Casperi Capitans are, are good enough pieces to help them and support them and prop their game up. And Malkin, especially, so dominant, so fun to watch when he's galloping like a Clydesdale through the center of the ice and when he's really buzzing, kind of shades of Mario, not – you know, he doesn't quite have the same skill level as old 66, but he kind of gives you flashes and glimpses of his game back in the day. So hopefully Gino can come back. Let's let's get him to a, a fair but affordable contract for a couple <laughs> more years so he can ride out into the sunset as a penguin. He is a beautiful, entertaining human being. He was one of the people we were all pumped about seeing at the Olympics, man. I, I'm just heartbroken that we're not uh, not going to get to see that play out. What are your thoughts on the disappointment that was the, the NHL players not going to the Olympics? Really bummed. Really, uh, it, it, it's kind of crushing because that's like, I feel like that is something that everyone talks about. Why are the players even going? Why do they want to go? You know, it, they're not getting paid anything. The league's not making money off it. It's the bigger picture. It's growing the game, and it's it's a chance for people who don't get to see these guys uh, on a regular basis get showcased and highlighted. And we know we know Canada. You guys take a lot of pride in, and those players take a lot of pride in playing for the Canadian national team and the Russians the same way, maybe even more so. Uh, and in the states, it's always kind of been like, yeah, we're we're pretty good. You know, we had the uh, the miracle on ice, and we've had some other some other runs, but it's always like. Uh, kind of an afterthought and finally here we go we get an american team seem to be just loaded 
with talent. You guys know Austin Matthews, of course, well, and this could have been, maybe this is Patty Kane's last shot at, at Olympic gold. And it felt like they got goaltenders now and John Gibson. And I just, I feel bad for guys like uh, Marchand who put out that statement and uh, Connor McDavid, of course, and Stamkos who really hasn't had a shot, a fair shot. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking because you see how much it means to these guys, even though they're not getting paid. Uh, it kind of takes you back to the old days when it was really was like love of the game and love of country. And it's, it's really devastating to not see them get to follow through with that. Because at first it felt like when the announcement was made, didn't it kind of feel like the league spun it as well? We talked to the players and we're all in agreement. We're not going to go. And then you start mm-hmm. statements come out like, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not them, so not us, right? It's them, not us. We, we have nothing to do with it. It's all them. <laughs> yeah, and that's that PR game. That's the whole ugly side you hate to see. But I, I understand it from both sides. Uh, listen, I, I don't know what you guys uh, – I think the last place I would want to be stuck for five weeks with COVID is China. And uh, I understand why yeah. things have gone the way they've gone. Hey, Nick, this has been a lot of fun. Please join us again soon, okay? Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Hey, and Kipper. Thanks again for taking that picture with us when we were just a couple fanboys in the uh, Toronto bar there. Oh, my God. For those of you that uh, uh, follow me or Nick, go take a picture of me, uh, Pat, and the whole gang. Uh, they were up in Toronto. Uh, what were you guys doing up here? What was what was the deal? We were up there for a promotional event. Pat was doing some interviews. He was interviewing Steve Nash and uh, Marshawn Lynch. It was with the, one of the companies we were with at the time. It was a launch of some NFL content going on in Canada. And we happened to just be uh, out taking a break and getting some lunch and have a couple of drinks. And we saw you over in the corner. Uh, don't know what you were doing. Uh, maybe maybe a meeting with some big wigs. Maybe just meeting some friends. You guys were all dressed in some fancy suits. So Pat wanted to go over, say hi, pump up your tires a little bit. And then uh, – you came over, you say, hey, boys, you want a freaking picture or what? And it was legendary. <laughs> we told the story multiple times, and, and we always get a laugh out of it. You were such a good sport about it. We appreciated it. Ah, uh, Nick, man, you guys made me feel like a, a million bucks that day. Are you kidding me? For those of you, that go go on uh, our, our, uh, our Twitter feeds, uh, and it's at Nick Moraldo, uh, your Twitter feed, and you can see a picture of all of us together. And, uh, yeah, great memories, Nick, and uh, – a pleasure getting to know you a lot better, and uh, don't be a stranger on the Real Kipper and Born show. You got it. Thank you, fellas, so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, Nick thanks Morello. a lot, Nate. Yeah, appreciate Pat it. Pat McAfee man. show and the hockey talk. That was awesome. Yeah. What a yeah, success it, story. I love, wow. I love it happened in Indianapolis, too. Just a guy that's loving hockey in, in Indy, making it there's, happen. See, there's hope for you, JB. $30 million a year. <laughs> What does it even mean? What do you do with numbers like that, Kip? You tell me. I, I'm, I'm going to be – I, I envision in four years that I'm producing the Sammy Show. Yeah, Spotify's yeah. going to buy it for $100 million. <laughs> yeah. This All right, boys, we're closing only. in. We're closing in the last show of the yeah. year. Um, you want to go to uh, some of the biggest hockey stories of – 2021 sammy you want to start us off yeah let's do it and i i you know i think the biggest maybe hockey story of the year has just happened with the olympics not happening do you guys not agree that that's probably the biggest story of the year with the nhlers kind of everybody getting excited about them heading there and then it not happening 
and them kind of all speaking out against it. We had Tarasenko coming out, you know, Marshawn tweet. I feel like this is something that doesn't usually happen when it comes to NHLers having them be so outspoken. So when it does, I feel like this has been the biggest story of the year so far. No, JB not for me. No, no, that's a good yeah, one. Not for me either. Only because Sam, it was always out there. This thing, it, it might've lulled a little bit or, it's a little quieter, but it was always out there. And it was never not out there. If they go, if they go. I, I not overly surprised they're not participating. Yeah, I mean I am surprised, but it is fascinating the way it's unfolded. My uh my vote for the uh story of the year is the Canadian division happened. I mean, when I, I mean, I don't think it had ever happened going back to the start of the NHL, all seven teams playing the Toronto Maple Leafs winning that division, failing to get through in the first round. I mean, it was a big deal here. Do you remember how excited we were about that? And yeah, so realized it kind of sucked for, for two or three weeks. Well, I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying it was a huge story that the Canadian division sucked. existed. Totally. Sucked. And, and then it was like, it's like getting fed the same meal. Yeah. Every day of the week. Oh, I love like, lasagna. Oh, lasagna. Again. Lasagna again. <laughs> so sick of lasagna. I, I remember having takes early in that being like, how can I go back to the non-Canadian division? This is just so great. I remember thinking that. And I also remember thinking that they were going to have so many bragging rights, having to at least win that division and say, oh, we're the best team in Canada and all this and all. I thought that was going to be such bragging rights for Leaf fans, and it's like, oh, they win the North, and then they win the North, and then they do you-know-what. So I, I really do think that that is a great one, and I can't believe that that was this year. It feels like 100 years ago. It's insane. The biggest thing, Sammy, is that the way it played out, no one gets bragging rights. Montreal barely squeaks in they beat the Leafs they go to the cup final they should in theory get them but then nine minutes later they're so god awful you can barely look at them so uh, there's no rights to be had so what is a bigger story of the year is it is it uh, arguably maybe one of the worst playoff losses in Leaf history to the Montreal Canadiens or is it the Montreal Canadiens going from a Stanley Cup finalist to one of the worst teams in the league. We all said we'd write three down. That's one of mine. Montreal's absurd 2021. Absolutely inexplicable year. Like, I, I always thought that the, the, the Leaf meltdown against Boston was the worst. But I, I got to think blowing a 3-1 lead to a a bottom-feeding team that shouldn't have made the playoffs to begin with was worse. Only, only the Leafs yeah. could take that four-one. Let's go! Game no, 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 the no, Bruins no. and beat it. Sa- Sammy, you represent the Leaf Nation, man. Yeah, you tell me. Right. I think the bigger story is them beating the Leafs. I, I think that's probably that'll always be something that I look back on. And no matter how much success or lack of success that this iteration of the Toronto Maple Leafs has, this sort of era of Leaf hockey, I think I'll always look back on that as it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. (laughs) Yes, correct. (laughs) It's one of the bigger what ifs. 
Because you look at that, if they had a got over that hump, if they had a scored an overtime winner, one of those games, gone on to the next round, they're getting a Jets team that was that laid down for the Habs, was awful against the Habs. Then you get past them, you don't know what happens. They're a better team than the Habs. You go to a final against a division rival. That is, to me, one of the greater what-ifs. And if the Leafs don't really have any success in this or I guess success, it's relative. If they go to the final or whatever, I think a lot of Leaf fans will remember 2021 what happened with the Habs as one of the worst moments of this era of Leafs hockey. No doubt. God. And two OT losses amongst that. You know, it just... 15 you know, shots on net and the one against uh, Carey Price. I think it was game six, the one that... Uh, was it Was it Cock and Yemi that scored? Yeah, yeah it was Cock and Yemi that scored yeah. off the Dermot turnover. And they think they had, was it 15 shots on net before the Habs got one in the first one or second one went into the net? So it just, it's moments like that, fellas, that make me look myself in the mirror and look at all of Leaf Nation and say, maybe we're the Cubs. You know, <laughs> maybe we're the team that's supposed to lose all the time. Maybe every team has, every sport has teams that win. Every team has sports that, uh, every sport have teams that loses. And the Leafs maybe just that one, and maybe that's just our destiny. How about, how's that for a thought on New Year's Eve? Cubs, the Cubs got theirs though, didn't they? Okay. Yeah, eventually it was only a hundred okay. years. A hundred. Okay, years. where's where's Jack Eichel on the top five stories of this of the year? I mean, if we're being dead honest, Kipper, we're trying too hard. The story's COVID. Like COVID's the story yeah. of the year. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, we're past that though. Okay. We're, 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 so, we're, we, that's a given. Get, make the case for Eichel. Why you think he's in their top five? When was the last time we saw uh, a young can't miss superstar traded this early in his career? Yeah, with that uh, much hype. Lindros. Well, no, that was that was before before he stepped in the National Hockey League, though. I know. But yeah, you're right. Maybe that's it. Does Phil Maybe. Kessel count? Was Kessel young enough to qualify? I don't know. But he never had the impact that Eichel is sort of supposedly have, right? Yeah, no, Eichel, no, no, when, no franchise tag. Right. No. When Eichel's going, he's the guy that, like, he's a top 10 guy in the league. Some people say top five kind of guy in the league. When when he was having those first couple big years in Buffalo and they signed that huge ticket, people looked at him as, like I said, a top 10 guy. So I don't know when the last time that happened, and that's a huge story. Have you, you got any info on that and him skating? Is there any update on him? All I know is it was looking real good for him to play in the Olympics. So you do the math. That tells me he's a month away. Man. Yeah. Right? Uh, I, I would think I would think towards the latter part of January he he he'll be green lighted. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, I, Vegas is really rolling now, guys. You know, the last couple of years, Vegas hasn't been able to score. That's been my main criticism. Who's supposed to score for this team? They, they great defensemen, great goalies. Who's supposed to score? They're fourth in the NHL in goals four per game now, pre-Eichel. Like, if they're yeah. going to be dangerous offensively, like we're talking about an elite team. And a team, he and changes a, the way I feel about them. Another Patrick, story that I had written. Oh, just hold another on. Another story. Patrick, Go ahead, but Just, yeah, just on Vegas, too. Uh, uh, Pacioretty having some surgery. Uh, I think they officially had him as indefinitely out, but I probably think we'll... It doesn't sound like it's a major thing. So, so they're trying to get him back by good. playoffs. 
Yeah, I, oh, I they're think... going to Kucherov him for sure, aren't they? No, no, I don't think no? so. No, I think uh, I think he'll w- w- want to play a lot sooner than that. Okay. Yeah. So, Sammy, you had and then else Stone. Sorry. Stone's the other one, guys. Too. He's battling something. There's there's some there's some health issues there going on General with him. So is he getting old? How old's Mark Stone? Let's figure. This oh, out. he's still a great player. I don't think that's I, an I issue. I love Mark Stone. Yeah. yeah, I love Mark Stone's game. I've so, always thought that Mark. Yeah, so yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it's uh it's a you're right. The the goals are there when they're when they're all in sync and healthy, but it's an issue right now in Vegas. Other one for me, Sammy, I don't know if you had it, but I'll just throw this out. Kyle Beach story. Kyle Beach is a huge part oh, of the yeah. 2021 calendar. That's, uh, that Big that time. one has to be mentioned for sure. Yeah. I was, the one I was going to say was Ovi. Ovi's a big story here. Mm-hmm. I, guess, you know, I guess it's going to be every year now until I guess he eventually breaks it or he doesn't break it. But I, I didn't think – I thought at some point he would be maybe slowing down a little bit. I I didn't anticipate this start to the NHL season for Alexander Ovechkin. Did you? I guess maybe I'm stupid to say that, but did you guys expect him to look like this to start the year? At some point, he's got to slow down, no? But it just seems like he's one of the bigger stories in hockey this year, that just his continued chase. And this is going to be the story in hockey coming up here soon. Like, think about after whatever he finishes with this season. I mean, how many does he have now? He's got to be – he's getting up there. And then – so say he finishes with 50, or 40 goals this year, 45, depending on how many games they play. Heading into next season, this is going to be the story in hockey for a couple of years coming here. You know, he – I was trying to do a refresher on the NHL for myself, you know, as we launched back into things the other day. Sorted the standing – or the, the player stat standings by even strength points. One player in the NHL has over 30, and it's Ovi. He's got 37. He's leading, like, McDavid, Dreisaitl. These guys aren't within, you know, 9, 10 points of him at even strength scoring. It's absurd. I, it, it, yeah, I saw it coming. I'm with you, Sam. I, I, I've watched. The thing that really blew, blows my mind is that Backstrom has not been there for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To do this, he of course was battling. I think a hip issue, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you know, you wonder about the longevity of Backstrom with his health uh, because of it. Uh, Ovi, of course, five-year deal. Backstrom signed his five-year deal, if I'm not mistaken, what last year. But mm. I think there's a less of a chance that we see Backstrom fulfill that than Ovechkin right now. Yeah, yeah. I could see that being true. Do we have time for? He's uh, two behind. He's... Oh yeah, I was just gonna say he's two behind Drysaddle. Like you think Drysaddle scores every night, and Ovi's right there with 22. So it's just, it's unbelievable. And I think, I really do think that other than COVID and some other things, that that's the biggest story is that he's still doing this. That he's going to potentially break a Wayne Gretzky goal-scoring record in this era of hockey. I mean, he's still a long way way to go here. Tons of stuff can happen. But the fact that it's even a conversation is the story to me. It's a good one. It's a good one, no doubt. Um, I think we should move on to New Year's resolutions, boys. We got three and a half, four minutes here. Do you guys have a couple jotted down? I, uh, what do you got, Kip? Kip doesn't need to be any better, eh? He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to not swear on the show. No, you're not. Don't do that to us. You know, if you you guys watch uh, Ted Lasso, yes. No, I, I love Roy Kent. That's my man. (laughs) Corny for me, boys. What's that? It was a little too corny for me. 
Everyone no. loved it, but I just thought it was a, little, a touch corny. No? no? R- R- I love the, the character Roy Kent because he just I think it says whatever into the he well. wants. Whatever yeah. he wants, he says it, and he there's, there's no going on with him. It's just short and sweet. You give That's us Roy resolution. Kiprios, I'll take that over the no swearing thing. I'll take more Roy <laughs> Kent. <and> let... <laughs> How about you, JB? I got uh, I got two for me. One is uh, saying no more because I'm sick of having to cancel and break plans. I just can't anymore. I'm just a married person with two kids and with COVID and at home and I'm busy. So I'm saying no more to people and uh, less phone during games. I'm going to look at my phone less during hockey games when I watch it. Twitter ruins me. I miss plays. I got to rewind. No more phone time during games. That, that's honestly that – yeah. That's a great point, and I was watching a movie. I was watching a movie last night before I went to bed, and I was looking at my I was looking at my phone a bit, and I wanted to watch the movie. You just completely just you, you can't get into anything. You have to put the phone away. Try to watch hockey with the phone in another room. So there you go. Let me give that a try for a New Year's resolution. Yeah. My phone died. Well, guys, it's the best game I ever watched. I got a New Year's resolution. I'm getting married in October 2022, so next year, uh, and I'm just gonna try to keep my relationship going until then. So uh, my New Year's resolution is to be a good guy and make sure my lovely fiance sticks with me until 2022. Well, October that 1st. isn't so a vote of confidence. That's my resolution. God, she just must be thrilled hearing that. <laughs> she's really excited for your she wedding in Red Deer in October. Good luck. She's, she's, she's listening right now going, good luck, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Red Deer, 2022, boys. Right around the world, juniors. That's when I'm getting married. It's it's hard to believe that we started this show, what, uh, beginning of October, and here we are in the last day of 2021. I want to thank you guys for a terrific start Nuts. to the Real Kipper and Bourne show. I've had a blast so far. Uh, it's been awesome. I'm looking forward to much more in 2022. Just a quick note, Justin Bourne and I will be live streaming on YouTube.com slash Sportsnet tomorrow night Ottawa versus the Leafs I'll bring the little Buddha JB you bring the rest we're gonna have a great time if you get a chance do a ratings and review for us on the Apple podcast wherever you get this show uh we'd love to hear from you we'll read out a couple of the shout outs to you in the new year some are great some people love Sammy some people hate me <laughs> JB everybody loves you <laughs> It's been a blast, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. And we'll see you in 2022 on The Real Kipper and Born Show.